This is the Passive Real Estate Podcast, the premier podcast for passive real estate investors. Matt Jones interviews experienced passive investors who share their industry secrets and active investors who show you different ways to invest passively. Welcome back. I'm Matt Jones. And today on the Passive Real Estate Podcast, I welcome Justin Donnarumma. Justin is a real estate investor that makes passive and active investments, investments such as multifamily buildings, wholesaling, and fix and flips. He also owns and operates a property management company and is a licensed general contractor and realtor. Welcome, Justin. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate your time. Anything else that you'd like the audience to know about yourself? Um, I think you hit it. I mean, that's a really quick blur, but I think you hit it right on the head. Um, so no, I think we're we're good there. How'd you get started with real estate investing? That's a good one. Um, so I, I think I house hacked before the term house hacked came alive. Um, so um, I bought my first rental property in North Jersey and lived on the first unit and rented out the top floor um, and rented out the, um, you know, some, some storage in the basement um, and the garage. So that's how I really started. Um, that was my first job. That was my first house and anything I did right out of college while I was working. Um, and again, that was, you know, I was really grinning and bearing it early on. I was 22 years old at the time, um, doing everything myself. And then, but I really got my oats of how to be a landlord. So that wasn't passive by any means at that point in time, it became more passive as we went on. But, um, the first, the first one was definitely a grind and a big learning experience. Yep. A lot of active investors started out just that way with house hacking, uh, you myself included. So it's certainly a pain, but, uh, it, uh, helps to learn stuff along the way. So uh, currently you're you're both passive and active, right? That's correct, yeah. And what kind of deals do you invest in now? Um, so I got to the point where and and you know we will go over my what portfolio I have, I'm sure at some point here, but um I really will now be a little bit more picky. It's all based on numbers now. Um I used to be a little more gritty and take on maybe some buildings that I didn't want, but yeah, it's all pretty much for the most part it's all multifamily uh investing. Um, and that's from the passive side. So if I, if I see a really good rental, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. Um, that's really hard to come by right now. We're 2023, April, 2023, they're really hard to find. Um, you know, even a year and a half ago, they were much easier and, you know, with interest rates down and the, the inventory was just there, um, and picked up a lot of good deals in 2021 and the beginning of 2022. And it's been tough, but, um, it's that that's the passive side. And on the active side, I do a lot of fix and flips and wholesaling. Um, and you know, there's a lot of different variations of wholesaling that I'll do. So that's more active, but, um, but yeah, those are the, those are the main streams right now. Cool. And then for the multifamily, what size of multifamily do you focus on? Um, so again, I, I used to, do anything from a two to three. Now I've scaled up a little bit, um, but I actually just recently are the best rental that I have right now from a percentage basis is actually a single family, one bedroom trailer. Wow. Um, so again, something I normally never buy, but because I picked it up for so cheap, it actually is nets me the most money on a percentage basis out of any of the deals that I have. And that, that I just got in the summer. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's all two and above. Um, and, um, yeah, but again, you just can't, sometimes you have to, when it's this kind of market right now and you can't find those, or you're going to make no money on these two or three families or five families, you're going to have to be a little creative. And we picked this one up for so cheap that it just made sense. 
Cool. Yeah. I mean, I think patience is the name of the game right now with investing, but uh, I mean, there's still deals out there. They're certainly harder to find as you and I are both finding, but uh, uh, yeah, I think if we just wait a little while, uh, there's going to be more deals uh, coming I our way. So. I hope so. And, and again, the last couple, the last two that I've bought have been off market. Um, I'm sure a lot of the viewers and listeners here, um, how do I get into the off market? How do I get into off market? And, and, and if, you know, if, if the topic comes up, we can get into it. I'm sure. But um that's the big, that's the big ticket. Cause right now on market, you're getting so much competition from the single family buyers that they're even open to buying, you know, a two or three family and living in it. So that's why it's, it's no longer just investors buying these anymore. Now in your portfolio of these one to three units, are these, uh, you know, you have your property management company and then are you doing the property manager yourself or do you have somebody else on your behalf? So, doing that? Um, up until, so basically, yeah, we keep them um, somewhat separate. Um, the property management business runs the business side. And then the same person who we hired to run the property manager company also kind of tag teams the the work with me on the other end. So, you know, I still make all the decisions on the, on the multifamilies, but um, you know, the, the, my property manager will execute on any day-to-day stuff. But again, I have those buildings so well oiled that nothing really comes up too much compared to like some of the buildings that we own, uh, we, we manage um, because I own them and I was the, you know, basically the property manager and landlord for so many years on those, I got those, you know, humming. So it's, it's much easier to manage those versus some of the other ones that we don't own. Yeah, that makes sense. And, um, before we started recording, you mentioned a syndication. Are you involved right now in any syndications? Yes, I am. Uh, 2022, at the end of 2021 and, and 2022 was my, my birth of uh, getting into syndication deals. Um, I've done five of them at different amounts um, in that short period of time. Um, some were, um, I'm completely out passive, meaning just a limited partner. Um, and one, I just recently became one of the GPs on the deal. Um they both have their perks. Obviously, you know, it, there's something to say. And the reason why, I, and I'll take a quick step back. The reason why I got into this, and you're going to have listeners that probably say the same thing here, which is I'm doing too much, whether that's in their corporate job or with their family or um, in their business. I don't have the time to handle any of this. And that's kind of, even though I'm in this business, it almost made sense for me to start making some type of investments that had nothing, none of my times, literally zero time besides my investment, you know, and reading the monthly or the quarterly email of the update. Other than that, I do nothing. I make no decision. And for someone like me, who's a kind of a control freak at some points, um, although I am, I've gotten really good at delegating and, and, and managing that way. Um, it's really nice to know that like, I have no decision on what light bulb goes in here or what color cabinet goes here. And it's kind of nice to not have to have that responsibility all the time. Um, so the syndication deals have been a really good, um, indication of, and listen, scaling out in different areas, right? I, I only own buildings in New Jersey. So it's really nice to start branching out to different parts of the country and tapping into those untapped, um, you know, uh, cities essentially, um, where there's different clientele, different companies, different demographics. And it's really been really nice. Cause again, New Jersey is obviously one of the tougher States to, to manage, uh, rental properties. So it's nice to have some of these other um, you know, buildings in different areas. Yeah. There's certainly more landlord friendly States out there. Um, oh yeah. Uh, what kind of deals are you an LP in? Um, they're all this basically the same type of building. Um, they're all between like 30 to 70 units, um, where I'm anywhere between a 
you know, 4% and 7% owner, depending on how many LPs are in, in the deal. Um, and they're all basically minus maybe some different time frames. They're all pretty much the exact same um, frame, which is buy it, try to get them as stable as possible while they are doing turnovers and bringing in new, new, uh, new renters. And then with the hopes, and again, some of this was, was underwritten prior to the rate in, uh, increases, um, but then try to refinance in year two or year three, and then, you know, sell year five, six, or seven. So they all have the same body of framework. It's just a matter of what that GP group was deciding to do for that specific deal. And are these value add? All value add. Yeah. Nothing's new build. All value add. Cool. And then this uh, deal that you're a GP in, are you able to talk about it publicly? Um, I think we are for the most part. Um, it's in Kentucky, um, in the Louisville area. And um, again, some of the details, I guess we can go over. Um, but, you know, depend I, I might have to stop depending on where it is. But yeah, I think for the most part, I think we can talk about it. Well, is it 506B or C? Um, this is a B. Uh, I don't want to be quoted on that. Um, it's my first one, just to be clear. So it's not like I have a ton of experience on the GP side. Um, but this is my first one where, you know, I help out where my, my main role is to help out on the property management side because I'm a property manager here. So yep. I have my due diligence there with making sure that that property manager's, you know, running, running it the way that I would hope it would be ran here, essentially. That certainly makes sense. And, you know, I, I will say to our listeners, there's a, a big difference between 506B and C. Uh, one of those differences is that uh, with 506B, you actually can't really talk about it publicly on a podcast or whatnot. Uh, so I won't ask you any questions here. Uh, to, yeah, just don't, don't, this don't is wanna... all, yeah, mainly it's, it's um, it may even be a C because of who invested in this, if I'm looking back into it, but either way, just to, to make it, you know, keep it private or wherever we need to, let's just keep it at that while, uh, so I don't get stumped here. Yeah, it, it's all good. Yeah, I don't want to get you in trouble with the SEC for yeah. anything like that, but sure. Okay. Um, and so you, you with this uh, GP team, is this the first time you've done a, a GP deal with them? Yes. So I, I've done a deal as an LP with, with similar people in the group. Uh, but this is the first time that I was asked to join, you know, based on my experience in the property management side. Um, so that's why they had me jump on to, you know, dot some I's, cross some T's and make sure that everything was going well, because I think on prior deals, that was a sticking point to them. And they wanted to make sure that who they brought on the next time and how it was getting ran was, you know, better than the first time. And, you know, you always learn from the deal prior. So um, it was a smart move to, to bring me on for that. And how did you find these GPs? It's all network. It's all network. Um, someone who I've done a lot of business with was in a deal with the, the main, um, the lead of, of one of the, of the GP team. Um, I invested in that one you know, got dinner and you kind of, one of those kind of things, we're all local in Jersey. Um, you start to meet each other. That's really, you know, it's, it's a really large group of people, but it ends up being really small, you know, even nationwide, you start to run into the similar type people, you know, especially if you're in a certain area, you kind of start knowing who everybody is in this, you know, again, you would think it'd be huge, right? Oh, everyone does these things, but like in reality, not a lot of people do this type of deal. So, you know, to, and that's why, you know, and I, I'm, I'm an LP in like four different groups as well. The one that I'm in GP in um, is probably one of my favorite groups, but 
or maybe it is my favorite group. That's why I joined, you know, with them. But, um, but it's like, it's funny how everyone's kind of connected in this. So yeah, I mean, you can find it on different areas, but just being in this industry, you start to meet a lot of people um, that do different things. And again, as of even a year and a half ago, I didn't even really know what a syndication deal was. So again, for the listeners here, it's not rocket science. You just need to try to network enough to find these groups. And then when you find the groups, you start investing your money with them and then they might have another deal. And then they know somebody else who has another deal. And, you know, that's, you got to be in the game. You got to, you got to pay to play. Um, and once you do that, you're, you know, you start becoming in this tight knit network with everybody. Yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Well, there's a lot of people in real estate at the same time, it's a pretty small world. And then especially when you go to syndication, which I'm always amazed, I, I go to real estate networking events and, and just about every time I have to explain to some people what real estate syndication is, because not a lot of people know about it, but it's amazing. Yep. And it's, and for someone like me, you would think I would have known what it was, but again, it's just something that it's not, I'm so used to like, you know, work with, you know, it. Uh, I'm so used to always being the person who's doing the action. Right. And, and like finding in the weeds and finding what I need to find here, where I am. Oh, does that make me a little bit more money? Does that make me more money? But this was, again, it's, it's the easiest way. And for me to pitch this to somebody, it's, it's, it's for somebody who is, again, in my eyes, like you make some money, you're really busy. You may, you, maybe you don't know enough about this, but you want to take the, the benefits and the tax benefits of a real estate deal, but you don't know anything about it. These are the kind of deals that are for you. So, you know, that's how I always look at these things. You know, you may not want to ever really be a landlord. That's okay. Um, this is a, this is like another really strong avenue of getting into real estate and still taking all the benefits of real estate. Um, now, you might not make as big of a margin as if you were the only owner of a three-family building, but you got to take what you get, right? You're doing no work at all, making no decisions. So you're going to make less, obviously, or you, you can buy a three-family building and do all the work, know all the contractors, fix everything you need to do, deal with all the landlords, deal, deal with all the tenants, deal with all the maintenance, and you make more money. So it's like, you know, you have to figure out what your, you know, what kind of time you want to put into this. They both work, they both make money, but it's just a matter of which one you want to do. Yeah, you had a great point earlier about like, there's only so much you yourself can do. Like, uh, you know, when you're getting, you know, busy with all the day-to-day -day operations, like there's only so many units you can manage, only only so many deals that you can personally you know, oversee, but when you're an LP, there's no limit. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, however many you invest in, it's, it's very scalable. Yep. And, and then I think I saw some type of one of my friends who I do this with, he, he made some type of calculator, um, on Excel. It wasn't like anything overly scientific, but basically like if you invest in one deal a year after year four, you, and if it, depending on what, how much money it is. So I think if, if you had to put in $50,000 per deal, one a year, and by year four, you're you're making a hundred thousand dollars passively. Again, don't quote me exactly on the numbers. It wasn't a, it wasn't overly scientific, but um, you know that's something that's pretty crazy because of the pipeline that you'd put into this. Meaning, you know, you do one a year, you do one a year, you do one a year. Eventually, you're legitimately making a, a salary off of these things because you're continuing to and you're using your money from the last deal for the next deal. So I think after year four or year three or year four, you not only did you not have to put any more of your money in, you're going to reuse the money that you were using from the other deals, but you're also making a hundred thousand dollars a year. So you're, and you're, and you're continuously taking the tax benefit every single year. Um, and that's like the real pitch. And that's the real, real reason why I do them is more for the tax benefit, let alone the cash flow as much. Um, because that's really where you're getting, you're getting the depreciation, and you're getting all the renovation costs, um, you know, 
at your whatever dividend you have of it, you're getting only that portion, but you're still getting a portion of it, you know, for your for your taxes. Yes, indeed. Now, I, I have to say that this calculation seems a little uh, aggressive for me, but uh, it is certainly possible if you take a higher risk portfolio and, you know, based on what your risk tolerance is, if you can handle like development or things like that, then this sort of uh, returns are, are definitely achievable. Yeah, sure. And that's, that's why I said it's not overly scientific. Every deal is different. Um, but the, the theory is there, right? So I think that's important to know that, you know, at some point you can stop investing your own money that you've been putting out the first couple of deals, you have to bring your own money to the table, but the money that you're going to get from the refinances and from the cash out and from the quarterly or annual dividend that you're getting, you then use that money for the next deal. Um, so that's the main play of these things. But again, if the, my, I guess where, where I was really going with this, Matt, is I want people to understand that you have to build the pipeline. You can't just do one of these and go, oh, wow, look how great I am. I'm, I'm this big, fancy real, uh, real estate investor. That's not really the play. The play is to keep up at these. And, and then you know my motto, flipping away from syndication deal, my motto to all my investor clients that I have, and I have five, six, seven, eight different investor clients. When I say that, I mean um, – Real as a realtor and as an off-market, um, you know, someone who can provide off-market deals. I have a lot of buyers. Um, I always just tell them my motto is a, one deal a year, one deal a year. Don't you know? I'm not trying. Don't buy ten a year. Don't try to overindulge here. If you just stay the course and you buy one a year, look. I, at this point in my life, I have I have eleven properties, right? I'm not some kind of magician who did this. I just happen to stay with that motto of buying about one a year. So um, you stay the course, you do that, you know, by the time 20 years rolls around, you're going to have 20 properties, you're going to be pretty well off and pretty financially stable. Oh, absolutely. I mean, real estate is not a get rich quick sort of scheme, but it is a get rich for sure over time. Not a scheme. Yeah, not a scheme. No, it's, uh, yeah, follow all the laws. The, the yeah, laws are really in your favor. Laws. Yeah. Uh, so how do you, how do you tell like if a syndication sponsor is going to be a good or not? Like, how do you know if somebody's going to do a good job with a particular deal? You mean like the management team? Yep. The GP team. Um, I think that's a really good question because, um, so far all the deals I'm in are doing well, um, at least from the crux of it. And I, and you know, my big thing in this is I think it's really important to know somebody who's on the, on the GP team or, someone who knows somebody on the GP team. So um, in my opinion, I wouldn't, this is what I would not just go randomly invest with somebody out in Arizona somewhere. That's just not how I you know, personally like to use my money. But if my really close confidant or a good friend of mine knows one of the, the five GPs, then okay, I'll invest in it, you know, because I have that at least, you know, your one connection off. Um, that's why me being on the GP team specifically, like I felt comfortable cause I knew what was going on. I saw the whole entire deal unfold. I know the guys that are um, I'm with. Um, so that's important. You know, again, I wouldn't just go find somebody on another podcast or, you know, listen to this one and be like, Oh, that, that guy sounds really credible. Yeah. Do you have one I can get into now? Go ahead and do it. If you want to give your money, that's fine. But that's a really hard barometer to know if that person's really going to be beneficial and going to make you your money because you don't, you have no ties to these people. So that's how I always look at it. Try to have at least one, somehow one tie to someone on the GP team. Cause again, everything else can be a hope and a promise potentially. Um, you hope that no one's doing that, but you know, you just want to make sure that these people have the experience and know where, what they're doing. Um, and then the second thing I would say is if, 
if someone tells you that they, this is their third deal they're doing and it's a 800 unit complex, that might be a little bit too big, right? It's, you, it, that's kind of a red flag because normally these people who sell these buildings want to sell to people who have experience. They don't just sell to anybody. Um, and if this is your first deal that the GP team did and it's like a huge deal, you kind of have to question that. How did you even get this deal? That seems a little bit crazy because you know, you were, you were buying five unit buildings and now all of a sudden you're buying a 500 unit building. How did you do that? Um, so you kind of have to match that up as well. And, and if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Yep. The only, I guess, workaround on that is if that particular GP team was actually, uh, you know, teaming up with somebody else, like a bigger player, you know, to do capital raising or something. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. one of them had an inside track on the deal itself and they brought on somebody bigger, but then you at least then can backtrack and see that bigger player. Exactly. Who, who's got the experience in that particular kind of asset class uh, and that size and, and is going to be able to, uh, you know, bring it home. Yeah, correct. Correct. All right. Are you ready for a speed round? I am. Speed it up, baby. What's your favorite part about passive real estate investing? Uh, monthly income, monthly checks. It's like a paycheck to me. And what's the greatest lesson that you've learned about passive real estate investing? Um, patience. By far, patience. And what's a good book that you can recommend to other investors? Um, I mean, everyone probably says Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not a big reader, actually, in general. Um, I think that's everyone kind of looks down on that. I try to read when I can. I do a couple ebooks here and there. But um, I'm never pushing. Honestly, I don't push books. I actually push experience and stop. Sometimes I actually go the opposite of reading. Sorry to make this not fast, but... I would actually advise you to do versus read because I think sometimes if you read too much and you think too much and you look into things too much, you don't actually, you get, you get paralyzed. Um, I'm a, I'm a doer and then I'll figure it out after and read because I want to get better at what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, analysis paralysis is certainly a real thing that people get stuck in and, and right. just never I, find I, a way I have the opposite of that. I will jump and do it and then figure it out after and then read because I want to get better at something. Excellent. So how can our listeners get in contact with you if they want to learn more? Um, email justindonnarumma at gmail.com. I'm always open to answering an email. Um, you can find me on Instagram, jdonna13. Um, and then um, my property management company for anyone in Jersey or anyone who has property management questions is RH um, Property Management. Um, you can find me at Ram Ramapo Hills Property Management. Um which will, will, you know, if anyone emails me, I'll, I'll get you my, my tags wherever I need to or on LinkedIn, either one is fine. All right. I'll put those in the show notes. And is there anything else you want to mention that we haven't covered yet? Um, I would say, again, just really focusing on what's important and what's your style of investing. If it's that you want to be hungry and you want to find and be passive with your own deals, go ahead and do it and keep with the motto of, of one deal a year. Um, and don't try to get too big too fast. Um, or if you, you know, have a really lucrative W two job and you're you don't have any time, then you got to figure out where that money is, and that could be with you know with um, syndication deals. So just find your avenue and choose it, and try to really focus. I see a lot of people trying to do fifty different things in real estate. Um, I do about five or six, so I might not be the one that looks like I should be talking, but that took me you know, like six, seven years to do all of these different things. And it didn't happen overnight. They kind of meshed and they branched off of each other. Um, you know, property management company that I own, I didn't just own that outright. I just 
kind of as it kind of led me, like the industry leads you to where you need to be. So don't try to force feed anything and do what you think is best for your investing strategies. Sure. All right. Well, thank you, Justin, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Great, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Subscribe to this podcast to stay updated on new episodes. Leave a review to let us know that you enjoy the content. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate that you can explore by reading Matt Jones's book called Book About Real Estate. It summarizes many top real estate books all in one. Find it on Amazon, Audible, iTunes, Google Play, or barnesandnoble.com. If you want to learn more about passive real estate investing, go to hawkwingcapital.com.